and welcome to the Uneasy Terrain Explorers Club podcast, the place where curiosity is welcomed and no topic is too taboo to tread. I'm your host, Jonathan Doe, and today I'm sitting here over Skype with the one and only Felicia Fisher. How are you doing today, Felicia? Hey, guys. I'm doing good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm doing good. I'm really excited about our conversation today. I think it's going to be a good one. Me too. <laughs> Um, so, so for those who are listening, who may only really be familiar, I think most of my listeners really know you from a Baroque house, but you're a really multifaceted artist. And so I was wondering if you could give us like an introduction about who you are. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, obviously it's been said a couple of times. I think my name is Felicia Fisher. Um, I've been in several productions by Sam Ho, including the forthcoming, well, I guess it's out, <laughs> documentary, The Odd World of Felicia Fisher. Um, when I'm not in horror films by Sam Ho, I'm usually uh, doing phone sex. I'm a full-time phone sex operator, and I also do fetish modeling, mostly like making clips online and working for different companies and stuff like that. Yeah. That's awesome. So what originally got you involved in sex work? Um, I first got into sex work, honestly, just out of curiosity. I always knew what fetishes were. I always knew what kinks were. And I had done a little bit before I made like my intro into the world of selling it for money. But um, yeah, when I was 20, one night I was working in an office and I was on Craigslist and I saw someone looking to buy a pair of panties. And I was like, really? Like, this is a real thing. People actually want this. And I hit the guy up and I went to meet up with him in the morning when I got off of the night shift. And he bought my pair of panties for like 50 bucks. And I was like, this is fucking crazy. Does anybody else like want this? Does anybody do this? What's the supply and demand here? So I started selling my panties off Craigslist. <laughs> and from there, uh, like maybe three or four months later, I got into camming and it was all uphill from there. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so how I got, yeah. from, from camming, how did you make the transition into being a phone sex operator? Yeah, I'd been camming for a couple years and I was enjoying it, but it's really demanding like being like making yourself up to be on cam every night and staring at yourself every night and talking to people and having them see you. And it's just a lot coming at you all at once on top of like, you're trying to make your rent money and hopefully masturbate and like be charming and stuff. It's a lot. It's a whole lot. Um, so I was getting a little bit burnt out on it. And a couple other sex workers had told me about um, the phone sex site that I'm on full time, uh, Night Flirt. So I looked into it and I made an account on there and I didn't get anybody calling me for the first couple of months. But then one day I get this call, like first thing in the morning, 7 a.m. This guy calls me. I'd forgotten that my line was on. So I pick up like half asleep and I'm like, hi, hello. And he's like, I am a peeping Tom. I want to tell you all about my life as a peeping Tom. <laughs> and I spent like an hour and a half to two hours on the phone with him. And I made what I thought was a crazy amount of money for just talking on the phone with somebody. So I decided in that moment I was going to dedicate myself to being a phone sex operator. And that, I did. And it's going great. <laughs> that's awesome. That's so fascinating. Like, I, w- I would want to sit on that call and listen to that. Like, that's just, I'm just so interested in just kind of like weird quirks like that. And that's crazy. It was. It was pretty intense. He He definitely got in depth into it and talked about 
like hanging out outside of people's windows and stuff like that and watching them. And like with a lot of the calls I get, it's like there's the very illegal and then there's like the kind of illegal. (laughs) Like the kind of illegal kind of goes into like the fantasy stuff where it's like, I hope you're fantasizing, but this wouldn't be the worst. But also this isn't really great that you're doing it, man. But also like... (laughs) I hope you're fantasizing about this right now with me and this is your outlet, you know? (laughs) What are some of the most, like, bizarre phone calls that you've had? Um, I don't even know. Like, I'm not really one to kink shame unless you're doing something that, you know, crosses someone's boundaries or gets into, like, non-consent or whatever. So I've had a bunch of people asking for, like, awful non-consenting stuff, which I've just hung up on immediately. But when it comes to, like, fun like quirky fetishes Mm -hmm. um i had a guy who really liked it when i would sneeze for him (laughs) and i like little fetishes like that like coughing and sneezing and like sneakers and things that seem really benign have always interested me so i asked him where that came from and he said one time his girlfriend sneezed when he was inside of her and it was the best feeling on earth so every time he he hears a sneeze now like he gets turned on that's that was charming I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really like to hear about how people kind of uh, find their their fetishes and the things that they're into, because some of them just seem so, like, like how did you discover that kind of thing, you know? So that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would say that's probably one of the more, like, memorable ones that aren't, like, I get a lot of the same stuff where it's, like, I get a lot of, like, feminization calls and cuckolding calls and stuff like that. It's mm-hmm actually kind of few and far between that I get like the more like out there fetishes on the phone sex sites at least you know well that's cool I think that's more like a yeah you want to watch it happening (laughs) but I'm always welcome or always open to more out there fetishes if anyone wants to give me a call (laughs) (laughs) uh for for people who do want to call you how do they give you a phone call is there a phone number yeah, um, you can go to nightflirt.com slash nastygirlfelicia, F-E-L-I-C-I-A, and you'll see my profile on there, and it'll have a phone number for you to call, because I don't have that memorized. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't expect anybody to remember a series of numbers. It's 2020. <laughs> We're about the website now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so talking about like moving on to the kind of like the fetish gore stuff that you've done with Sam Hell Sam Hell how did you first meet Sam Hell and how did you get involved with a broke house Yeah so um Sam actually hit me up I believe when I was um advertising that I was going to be in LA for a photo shoot and he yeah just hit me up and was like hey I'm doing this movie it's going to be kind of like a bizarre horror film blah 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 there's going to be um vomiting involved if you'd like I've seen your throat fucking work on clips for sale would you like to be in this pretty sure I went something like that don't quote (laughs) me on that and I was like yeah let's let's do that I'd be down and I yeah I just like booked the shoot with him like that I agreed to do like a puke scene with him um and yeah I was booked that was that we ended up filming like the following week <laughs> oh that's awesome so yeah. you the first film that you were in with a baroque house was spit and i was wondering what you could tell us about what it was like being on set and working with the rest of the cast and kind of your because it's kind of like an interesting concept with the whole plot with the book and i was wondering when you read the <laughs> script what did you think about it uh when sam had told me about the concept because there wasn't really much of a like script i don't believe Mm -hmm. uh 
we, I thought it was really cool. I thought it was, it was interesting to see what it was going to play out to be. Um, Sam had told me that he like shot some other films and I took a look at his work and I was just sold immediately. I was like, that looks awesome. That sounds awesome. I'd be more than happy to do this with you. Cause I'm definitely like down for the cause. Um, <laughs> Yeah, shooting with him was so much fun. It was really, really lovely working with Edie and Jamie that day. Um, we, it felt kind of like a group project. Like we were all in this apartment and like getting Jamie ready for the first scene where we did like the makeup and everything like that. And um, like doing the puke scene and everything like that. And just hanging out with like-minded people. It was really cool because like, Edie is a sex worker. I'm not sure if um, Jamie is, but I know that uh, Sam had like known a lot of sex workers and had worked with other sex workers before. So it was just really cool, not creepy, <laughs> a very pleasant experience. Yeah, it was fun. It was a really, really good time. That's I don't cool. know if people want to hear this. I hope maybe they think like, I don't know. <laughs> they want to hear that it was brutal <laughs> and awful and I didn't want to do the next film. <laughs> but no, <laughs> it was great. It was fun. It was cute. Cool. So, so after Spit, um, Spit is part of the Blood Crows Inside trilogy, and so you were in the very first film, and then the last one in the entry is Sea of Blood, and you ended up coming back to be in Sea and Blood of Sea of Blood, and I was wondering what you could tell us about working with that, and that was a little bit different. Uh, that was more of like a pseudo snuff kind of kind of thing, and so what was it like working on that film? Yeah, uh, that was a lot of fun, too. Um, it was a little bit more intense because there was, like, the domination scene with Torture Wolf. Mm -hmm. And then the part where I get my arm cut off and it fucks me. Um, <laughs> that was pretty intense. Like, it, it was a lot more physical work than I'd anticipated because uh, working with Torture Wolf, they're, like, professionally, like, a dom. So there was a lot... It was like very rough. They were very hands-on. And I felt myself kind of going into subspace when we were shooting. But like, it was it was nice. Again, like working with sex workers is perfect because I feel like everybody's on the same page. Nobody wants to make a creepy comment. Nobody wants to make anybody else uncomfortable. So everybody was checking in with each other. It, it was really nice. We, we had snacks on set. <laughs> we were in this really cool old hotel in North Hollywood. And... Um, yeah, it was the start of many old buildings I'd be in with a Baroque house shooting really fucked up movies. <laughs> uh, did you have fun, um, like, working with the props and all of that kind of stuff? I mean, it's kind of unique to get fucked with your own hand in a movie. <laughs> it was crazy. Like, the first time I saw the prop, um, Sam had sent me a picture. Or, like, he had me send a picture of my wrist and my hand, and somebody had casted it with like silicone or whatever mm -hmm. and then yeah the first time I saw it I was like this is so realistic this is crazy <laughs> like it I'd never been in a situation where somebody had actually made a prop that like looked like me or anything like that so it was, it was really surreal to see <laughs> and really cool to experience I'm not sure what happened to the hand though now that I think about it it's time to question Sam about some things I think <laughs> Where's my hand, <laughs> <laughs> Um, So then you would move on to star in Blue Android, and uh, I was, and that one, like you real, you kind of look like you're like almost like Mother Nature or something with how you're how you're like dressed up in that, and and I was wondering how did you like working on that project? I'm just gonna keep telling you it was cool. <laughs> 
Six Times Out of a Sam has been great. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was a different vibe than shooting the other ones because it was just me and Sam. Mm-hmm. And he had a very um, firm idea in mind with what he wanted to shoot because I believe he just shot um, Red August, the other person who was in the film, like the week before, mm-hmm. something like that. So um, he had a really firm idea in mind that I was kind of just like going through the motions, doing whatever he told me or whatever. But yeah, it went it went super well, super quick. We were in like this really cute um, apartment in like the the hills in Hollywood, like the really bougie part of Holly or like North Hollywood. And it was it was really funny to step out and get a smoothie after and look around and be like, wow, we're surrounded by like multi-million dollar mansions. <laughs> we just shot like this crazy film That's in cool. this like this person's guest house or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. In that film, uh, you have like God tattooed on your hand. And I wondered if that that was real or not. It is real. Yeah. That's super I've sick. It. Uh-huh. I think that's a really cool tattoo. Thank you. I got it done like the week before and um, it had nothing to do with the movie and I don't even no, I didn't tell anybody about it. I think Sam just saw it on my Instagram after it was like, it's really cool. Like, and it ended up being a big part in the movie, I guess, or it was part of um, the prints that he'd sold for the movie, which was really cool. The tattoo artist was really excited about that too. <laughs> like, hey, that's in a movie now. That's sick. Yeah. Yeah. It's super sick. Um, so then you'd move on and you were in green hell, which is, I think pretty unique or yeah, pretty unique within the Baroque house catalog because it's kind of has a more traditional like film narrative and it's also a lot more sexually explicit and, uh, it's kind of like more involved, I think. So I was wondering, uh, how was it working? It was different from the other films that you did, I I feel. So what was it like working on that one? Yeah, it's, it's wild because like. I had worked on other films with him, but this was the first time it felt like I was on, like, a real deal, like, film set, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, in some ways, not exactly, like, a real film set, but, like, we, there was, like, a schedule that we had. We had to get certain shots outside or whatever. There was dialogue. We had to do the dialogue, like, a couple times, which um, I hadn't really experienced with him before. Usually we just do, like, voiceovers or whatever after. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, it was an interesting experience because I'd never really shot anything like that before. Um, But it was a lot of fun. I I loved it. It was a bit more sexually explicit, but it wasn't anything more than I'd done in like any of my other videos. Although it was pretty intense being like domed by Torture Wolf for real. (laughs) Like (laughs) I was like sore and a little shook up and like, wow, she's really strong (laughs) after Um, but I loved it. That one, I keep bringing up the areas where we like shot all of this. I don't know if I should or not, but like, that was my first time being in, um, Boyle Heights in East LA area. Mm -hmm. And it was just so fucking cool to see like a real, like little neighborhood in LA and film out on the street and like film in this creepy old hotel. (laughs) Um, I'm a fan of creepy hotels. (laughs) It was really, really neat. I actually... I don't know if I'd said this to Sam or not, but I was trying to get a roommate to stay on Maine. Like that was initially um, in my mind. I don't know if you're into true crime at all. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like the hotel where Lisa Lamb like ended up in the water tower or like Richard Ramirez stayed at or whatever. Like were... I stayed in that hotel once. It's in downtown LA and I had really wanted to get it for this, but the one in Boyle Heights worked out a little bit better. 
That's so cool. I, I really am like fascinated with the whole Lisa Lam story. So like, I would love to go to that hotel. That's, that's really cool. It was so cool. And it's like even cooler because they don't advertise the fact that it's a haunted hotel or anything. Like it's very much like a normal hotel on the inside. And when I brought up like, so is this place haunted? To the person at the front, they were like, if you want to believe it, like they're really not into like the lore that goes behind the hotel, I guess. Like nobody there was really excited about it, but it was, it was creepy. I felt really weird vibes there. I think I saw something there too. That could be a whole nother podcast. (laughs) I don't know. What did you see? I'm I'm curious. What did you see? Okay, so, like, I... There was a couple times where I was in the hotel. Like, um, there's a dining area near the front lobby. And then, like, they have these elevators that are completely mirrored on the inside. And each time I was in both of them, I saw something move out of the corner of my eye. Oh, my God. Like, which was wild. And I made it a point that I was going to go upstairs and see how you got onto the roof uh-huh. like before I left. So right before I checked out, I took the elevator all the way to the top floor and I saw what I assume like led to the roof, like some steps that went upstairs. And I kind of moved over there to see what was going on. And then suddenly like a maintenance person came out and was like, hey, is everything okay? <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah. But I saw something else move like in the corner of my fucking eye there too. That's wild. And yeah, and it's like, I don't know. I could go for hours about this kind of stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was creepy, man. I would highly recommend checking it out, especially now when rates are cheap. If you can get out to LA, it's yeah, definitely worth it. I'm like a hour, hour, two hour drive from there. I'm gonna go up there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna straight up ask if I can go see the water tower. I don't know if they'll let yeah. me. Yeah, but why you not? Should. <laughs> yeah, man. I support this 100%. <laughs> if you do this, let me know. Yeah, I'll keep you posted. If I, if I, if I see it, I'm going to take a picture. I'll send it to you. Yeah. That'd be fucking cool. Please. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> All right, <Yeah>, so. <laughs> back, back to the interview. <laughs> um, so your most recent narrative film that you were in uh, with Sam Hell was Fluid Fields. And uh, I think that one's pretty unique to the, to the other stuff too i was wondering what you could tell us about that project yeah um if i were to play favorites with my favorite (laughs) a baroque house projects fluid fields would definitely be up there um we shot it in chicago and chicago is one of my favorite places on earth um i got to scout out a lot of where we would be shooting beforehand so i feel like i got to put a personal touch on it which was really exciting um i'm a big fan of like the northwest side and like old Chicago, you know, like the places that people don't really like check out as much when they come to the city. So I got to take uh, Sam out on the town and take him to the Northwest side um, and to a couple of performers houses on like the deep North side and the deep South side, um, which was really, really cool because Sam's from LA and he's always hosted out there and he's always been the one to like know all the spots and stuff. So it was really neat being the one to be like, hey, this is cool and creepy and we should shoot here. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It was a lot of fun shooting that. It was really cool working with people that I knew uh, locally too, like uh, Clever Brave and Joey Sweet Girls and um, Angelica Tidy Toots are all in the film. They're all really, really cool people from the city. But I highly recommend checking out. Um, it felt like just hanging out with like a friend for the week, which it kind of was like, we would hang out and go out like into the city, go to a couple bars, go meet with other people to work or whatever. Um, yeah, 
that being said, like we were up almost every single day, like to go shoot and stuff. So it was pretty intense, but it was fun and I loved it. And yeah, I, I've been wondering if anybody like recognizes like the spots we were at in Chicago or anything like that. I don't know if anyone said anything on the internet yet. But. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've been to Chicago, I think twice in my life, but I've, I oh. haven't really explored the areas that you were talking about, but I think that that Sam really got some really good shots of like the landscape and there was like one shot with like a whole bunch of different like it was almost like a fire escape stairs or something like that and it just looked like almost like they talk about like a concrete jungle it was like it looked yeah. pretty pretty cool and I also think that out of all of the films that uh, you've done with a broke house I, I think your puke scene in, in that one's like my favorite one <laughs> why <laughs> Really? <laughs> I mean, for me personally, I kind of just liked uh, watching someone else kind of dominate you and just force you to throw up. I thought it was pretty, pretty cool. It looked cool. It was aesthetically cool, and it was also pretty hot. So yeah, yeah. I just realized no one else has made me puke in the other videos. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I even sa I said that to Sam. I was like, I was like, you guys really stepped it up with the with the puke clips in this one. <laughs> <laughs> the evolution. Fisher <laughs> insides of her stomach um <laughs> wow thank you yeah that it was pretty brutal it was a lot of fun I mean like I've done stuff like that before like puke blowjobs and stuff like that so it was like nothing new on a personal level mm -hmm. um but yeah it was very aesthetically appealing to like watch that scene over Sam did a really good job of shooting and editing and everything for the film yeah, yeah. I really I really liked that one I really thought it was like a all, all the films are great, but I really felt like it was a, a big step up in terms of just, like, I think it was kind of refreshing also, like, shooting somewhere else outside of L.A., too. So I think it was all, it, was all, it all turned out really cool. Yeah, totally. Well, thank you. I'm sure Sam appreciates hearing that, too. Hi, Sam. <laughs> if you're listening right now, are you blushing? Because I'm blushing. <laughs> Um, oh. so your most recent film is a documentary about you, the odd world of Felicia Fisher. And I was wondering, uh, how did that concept, uh, first come out? Was it your idea yeah. or Sam's idea or? It was Sam's idea. Um, I think this was around the time, I think we were actually talking about this right before Green Hell or while filming Green Hell. He was like, you know, like, <laughs> again, don't quote me on this, but I just remember like talking to him and him saying something like, you know, you're just like so normal and you're just like such like a regular person. And like, I don't think anyone would ever expect you to be into like all of this filthy fetish shit that you're into or like puke on the internet or anything like that. Like if I saw you on the street, I would never think that of you. So like, I want to do a documentary kind of like exploring things like that, that you're into. And initially I think we talked about filming it um, like on location in LA and going to like different adult stores and like um, peep shows and stuff like that out there, like sex places, because I'm really into that sort of stuff, like the vibe of like sex stores and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it ended up not happening like that because COVID in part. Mm -hmm. I didn't even expect this to like happen at all. I didn't know if you would um, want to do it because it'd been almost a year since we talked about it. Well, maybe six months since we talked about it initially, but then he was like, yeah, I want to do the odd world of Felicia Fisher. I'm going to start compiling footage and stuff. And I'm like, okay, awesome. <laughs> Sick, please. <laughs> so yeah. with COVID, uh, 
that obviously made it really difficult to travel and stuff like that. So how did you guys end up doing the documentary? Yeah, he, um, if, I think he, I don't know if he did this intentionally, but it was a bit more of a retrospective where he cut up a bunch of um, stuff that I shot with Avery Oak House. So that was a lot of footage that we ended up using. And I sent him um, quite a lot of like clips and stuff that I'd done that I felt like represented what I have done sexually, like when it comes to making clips, like fetish clips and stuff like that. Um, so it was, it was a lot easier in that way, just it being like assorted clips that we already had like pushed together. And then, um, I ended up shooting the documentary, like the, the questions, the, um, the interview portion alone in my room. So we didn't even have to meet up or anything like that. It was all done via email and talking online and stuff like that and talking on the phone, which I think is pretty sick. It's really cool that we were able to create something like this during COVID and everything like that, you know? Yeah. And, and looking at the documentary, it really does feel like Sam's there asking you the question. So that was cool that you guys were able to pull that off so far away from each other. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I liked that a lot. It was really good. I feel like we have really good rapport and you know, COVID was, is awful. This is a fucked up time in American history and the world's history. But I mean, I feel like it's great that we've had enough time to build up our rapport and get to a point where we're able to work together well and we know exactly what the other wants. So it was very, very natural to like do the interview questions and kind of joke around in between too, even though I was just staring at myself the whole time. (laughs) Like I was talking to the camera like I was talking to him, including the part where that lady walked past my window. (laughs) I'm really glad. I I think he kept that in the uh, cut, right? Yeah, he did. I I like that he kept that in there. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's true though. I've I've talked to Sam before and I think he's been pretty open about it as well that you guys are are really good friends and it really like shows with the de- kind of work that you guys do. It's just kind of like a natural um you guys just flow really well with each other, so I think that's cool. Yeah, it all worked out time-wise somehow <laughs> in this awful time. Silver lining, right? <laughs> um so one question I have is what what did it feel like being the subject of a documentary? It's still fucking crazy, dude. Like <laughs> it really is. I have really bad imposter syndrome. I'm still like, how is this real? And like, I don't know. I don't know. I go back and forth between being like, wow, this is fucking crazy and like, yeah, I earned this shit. Like <laughs> it's it's very surreal. But um it's really cool. It's really, really cool. It it feels really good to see. I'm flattered that um, Sam chose to use me as like the basis of a movie. Yeah. I'm really, really happy about it. It really feels like I'm like accomplishing, I don't know, goals that I'd set initially getting into the industry of like being in magazines, being in videos, like kind of, I would love to be considered a cult favorite. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know, maybe these are the stepping stones to being, I'm not going to say the next divine, but <laughs> <laughs> if, if I was considered the next design posthumously one day, that would be cool. Just saying. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're definitely getting a cult status for sure. I mean, people talk about you within the like underground forums and, and like groups that I'm in and stuff. People like Mm -hmm. people have nothing but positive things to say and how much they love the work that you do. So you definitely are getting a cult status. I think. Thank you. That's so crazy. Me and my therapist are going to have fun this week. (laughs) But yeah, I, yeah, 
it's wild. <laughs> um, so beyond the fetish gore work that you do with Sam Hell, you're also a fetish model. And I was wondering, um, what are some of the fetishes that you specialize in? Yeah, so I have done a lot in my time. But um, yeah, so um, some fetishes I do that are really popular include um, sneaker fetish, ass worship, body hair fetish, smell fetish. I do like throat fucking clips. I do actually do burping fetish clips and eating clips. Um, I think some people think that when I say fetish model, I mean like I love people that can wear latex. I love doms. I love that whole aesthetic. I love people who that's their like whole thing, but I'm not one of those people. (laughs) I'm very much like girl next door, like a little curvy, a lot of tattoos, a lot of body hair. And like, I love fetish, but I feel like, yeah, I try to do fetish like that in a way that feels a lot more like relatable. Like I could be the girl next door that's going to let you smell my armpits and eat my ass, (laughs) you know? (laughs) I don't know if that was too much of a long-winded answer. No, perfect. I actually want to ask you a little bit about the sneaker fetish because that's kind of <laughs> something that I've never heard of before. And I was wondering, um, like, what, it, like, can you kind of tell me for, from your perspective, like, what is a sneaker fetish? What is it that's sexualized about a sneaker? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think for some people, I guess, like, sneaker fetish can be a lot of things to a lot of people. For some people, they really just like the look of sneakers while you're getting fucked. Mm-hmm. Like, they think it's, like, a really cute little addition to see, like, Converse on somebody or, like, a cute pair of Vans on somebody while they get fucked. Um, some people are really into sneakers to the point that they, like, really enjoy looking in them, like, girls wearing them or anybody wearing them. Like, somebody sliding them off, somebody lacing them up. They get turned on by like the aesthetic and everything that comes with it um some people really like worshiping the sneakers with like licking them sniffing them whether it be because they like enjoy the texture and the feel like internally or maybe they enjoy being dominated by somebody wearing sneakers where they're being told like lick my sneakers shine them with your spit things like that you know like Mm -hmm. kind of akin to like um a shoe fetish, like a high heel fetish or like a foot fetish, you know, like it can be a lot of things to a lot of different people. But um, those are the most common ones I've come across for like sneaker fetish. Generally, um, with that too, a lot of the most like the most popular sneakers I've seen that are fetishized are like Converse, Vans, um, Keds, Adidas. Adidas are super big. Um yeah, I don't know how these shoes become, like, well-known <laughs> fetishized items or, like, how they got to be so popular, but they definitely are. That's cool. Right on. Yeah. yeah. Does that answer? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was also curious because um, I, ha- I have a puke fetish as well, but I was wondering, like, how did you, how did you discover that you uh, – that, that was something that you were personally interested in because – I think everyone, everyone's story is different and interesting. Yeah. Um, so the first time I even knew what a puke fetish was, was when, or like the, when I learned what a puke fetish was, I was working at an adult store and they had Max Hardcore DVDs. And I had a coworker who was like, oh, Max Hardcore is disgusting. He makes these girls dress up like so young and barf on cock. And I'm like, oh, that's awful. And then I watched it and I'm like, wow, how awful. Oh no. Like, 
oh god what people do this like kind of like I feel like there's been a couple of times where like I've joked about a fetish like feet and I was like who's in the feet that's kind of weird and then like something clicks in my mind later and I'm like damn I'm in a feet <laughs> so <laughs> Max Hardcore's videos were stuck in the back of my mind for a long time and then I started dating somebody um who like one of the first times well actually the first time we hooked up I was um sucking his dick and he kept pushing my head down and I've never really been with anybody who'd done that but he kept pushing it down and pushing it down and I like throat fucking but I like looked at him and I was like you know if you keep doing that I'm gonna bark on your dick and he's like oh that's okay and I'm like what and like I think all the stars aligned in that moment and I was like really okay I guess I could and then I barked on his dick and he really fucking enjoyed it. And I was like, that's crazy. I want to see him enjoy this more. So I kept doing it and kept doing it. And we were both switches. So like by the end of it, I was like shoving his face in my vomit and telling him to jerk his dick off and come onto it. I think he came onto it or something like that. I don't know. But um, yeah. And right. then we ended up dating for a while and bonding over that pretty hardcore. And then from there... Yeah, I don't know. I did it professionally a couple <laughs> years later. <laughs> right on. That's cool. Yeah. How did you get into it? Um, I've always been into just kind of like, I've always been interested in kind of like fringe culture and just like extreme stuff. So <laughs> I remember, I mean, this is kind of, this is kind of gnarly, but like, um, someone was, I was like, when I was a little kid, I was like watching porn and <laughs> I got like told at school, like, it was almost like a we were going through puberty, so they gave us like a a lecture about the the fears of pornography or whatever. And they were telling us like you have to be careful what you're looking at because there's people who fuck horses and there's people who uh, like torture people and stuff. And just out of curiosity, at like 12 years old, I was like, well, what the fuck is that? So I like just started like looking at stuff, and I and a lot of it was just out of curiosity. But then I saw. I think I saw Max Hardcore, and the first time uh -huh. I saw it, it, like, scared me. Like, I was like, why is he being so mean? You know, like, uh -huh. and, um, but I, but I kept at a, I kept gravitating back, back to that. And then, um, I just kind of, like, uh, I don't know, I, I met a girl who was giving me a blowjob, and then she said that I could push her head down, and, uh, so I ended up face-fucking her, and I was like, oh, I actually like this a lot. I really liked that it was just kind of, like, all about me. And that she yeah. was kind of giving, like, completely giving herself to me. And I could just, uh, it just was really intimate. And she didn't, uh, like, and her throwing up was just kind of like, wow, she completely trusted me and gave her entire self to me. And it, that was just like a, a me moment almost. Like, it just showed, it was almost like a, I don't know, how, how much someone cares about you that they'd be willing to do that with you. So... Oh, yeah, that resonates 100%. Like, I've definitely had a lot of people ask me about how I got into the fetish. And yeah, that's, that was definitely a component of it. Like the intimacy that you feel with somebody in that moment, because it's so extreme. And you really are giving yourself completely like you're in a very vulnerable, crazy headspace. And you're letting somebody like, I don't know, throat fuck you until you bark all over him. Like, then you have to take a shower after. Like, it's just there's so much into it, you know? Yeah, it's uh, a yeah. very involved and I don't know, you you're just you just have a you're more connected with that person later on. So it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, I love that. I love how you explained that. 
<laughs> People should be interviewing you about your fetishes. <laughs> <laughs> maybe one day. Maybe one day. <laughs> um, so you also do custom fetish videos, and I was wondering um, what are some of like the unique things that people have asked you to do? Yeah. Um, you know, I've gotten really par- popular like doing like the fart fetish stuff. I get a ton of fart fetish cu- uh, customs. And I guess that's a little bit out there. I feel like a lot of guys secretly have fart fetishes and they just don't talk about it. <laughs> like, I really do. I'm reaching that point in my life where it's like, this is uncanny. There's too many. Like, there's too many. And the guys that aren't talking and just buying, I know they're buying them. So <laughs> who are these guys? Um, yeah, I get a lot of, yeah, fart customs. Um, I did a custom with Little Puck a while ago that was really interesting where uh, the guy wanted me and her to choke each other, but it was supposed to be like tender choking where like I grab her throat and look deeply into her eyes and choke her out and smile at her tenderly and be like, you look so beautiful when I squeeze your neck. (laughs) That's pretty cool. It, it was it was weird, yeah. Like, not weird, but just different. Especially because when I think of, like, what a choking video might be like, like, it wouldn't be, like, I think it would be different for me. I think I would get off to something completely different. Like, maybe something added to that along with the choking, not just, like, choking each other back and forth. Or me, like, choking her out for, like, a whole minute, you know? But, yeah, I've never, I've never seen a video where it's just choking in isolation. I mean, yeah. that's interesting, though. I would, I would watch that for sure. <laughs> so well, well we'll talk later <laughs> I, I don't know if i have that uploaded on my site actually i think you might have to um go on little pucks many vids okay but, cool yeah um i've <laughs> as someone who like you you sell clips and you do custom videos and you do all the fetish fetish stuff we've been talking about i've heard that many of these uh clip selling sites have like restrictions on what kind of content that you can create and what you can sell and i was wondering if that impacts or limits the stuff that you want to do or that you like to do oh definitely yeah um clips for sale is the only website like mainstream website right now that i can sell vomit clips on um and i'm waiting for the day that that's being taken away you know like things always change the credit card processors always change um what people see as obscenity or not can change like in the middle of the night, you know, uh, like another site I was on recently changed that you can't have sisters, brothers, fathers, mothers, and the title, it has to be step. Mm -hmm. Even if you say something completely different in the video, it's really silly, but yeah, I mean, it impacts me in a big way. Um, I would definitely be doing, I've done period customs before. I'd be doing more period customs if I could, I would probably be doing a lot more with like piss if I could as well. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, the the whole vomit thing is pretty limiting too. But yeah, I mean that's life right now, I guess. Hopefully, nothing else. I don't know. Hopefully, we don't have more obscenity trials in the year twenty twenty onwards with this new government coming in. But we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Not, I yeah. mean that's got to be <laughs> difficult on like how creative you can be and all of that kind of stuff based on like the restrictions. I saw like a. I think it was an interview with you that I was listening to and you said that the that you can like there's one site where you can piss in someone's mouth but they can't drink it. It's mm-hmm. like super I believe sp- that's many vids. I think there's a really great performer named um Sophie Ladder who made a chart actually of what's allowed on different sites, different um popular clip sites that models upload to. And I 
99% sure Menivis is the one with that weird rule where it's like you can piss in their mouth, but you can't swallow. You have to like push it out. And that's all that it is that makes the difference to like the credit card processors, I guess. That's so like, fun. I just, it's just funny to me imagining someone sitting and watching piss videos and being like, oh, that one's okay. That one's okay. Oh, nope. <laughs> like that's a, that's a bizarre job for someone to have. <laughs> yeah. I, I am only going to assume that it's done by other viewers that like rat on the models, you know, cause I don't think anybody sits there all day. Like I'm sure it's just somebody who is like displeased to see barf in the video or whatever reporting people. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, it's frustrating. It's really frustrating that there isn't the freedom to do whatever you want that, like, isn't hurting people. Yeah. But that's life. So I saw on your website that uh, you did a shoot with insects, and I was wondering what your experience was like working with them. It was cool. Um, I worked with them only once. I realized that I might not be a sub (laughs) afterwards. Yeah, I think I'm really bad at getting into um, subby headspace sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, yeah, I don't know. It was it was a pretty good shoot. Um, I think I need to do more shoots with BDSM companies, maybe play more with more people to see if, like, maybe it's a better fit or something like that. Because, like, the shoot was pretty cool and pretty intense, but I didn't exactly have, like, the glow that I get after, like, topping somebody in a video or being topped by torture wolf or something like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was cool. And like, I had wanted to work with insects for a long time because I'm 99% sure they had obscenity bullshit happen back in the day. Like they're known for being an extreme porn company. Um, yeah, they're one of the, cause I heard like, I don't know. People have people want to spread rumors about um, companies not being great and all of that. And maybe that was true back in the day, but it was another situation working with them where it was just two very pleasant people walking me through the shoot and everything like that. Everyone was smiling and joking around in between, and it was like very laid back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's a really good documentary on insects called Graphic Sexual Horror. I don't know if mm-hmm. you've seen it, but they talk about uh, they talk about like because they did get in trouble with obscenity laws because for a while. I think I think they might still be one of the most extreme like fetish websites out there and mm-hmm. they were making like a lot of money and um they were kind of the creators of like basically streaming stuff like you like we actually have mm-hmm. to thank insects for like basically like ha- having them develop like streaming videos cuz they would like stream sessions online for people to pay for but basically yeah. they got in trouble with obscenity and so like the credit card companies basically were like yeah we're not doing this anymore and so um, I was actually, I was surprised when, when I saw the picture of you on set with insects, because I, mm-hmm. I thought that, uh, they got in trouble and they weren't allowed to use the insects name anymore, but maybe that's changed. So, or it obviously oh, has changed. So, but yeah, I, um, I'm pretty sure I know that they have a bunch of like sub websites, like infernal restraints and, um, real time bondage and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't know their like story or anything like that. But that's crazy. I'm definitely going to have to watch that documentary. I had known, like, I used to see their stuff on Tumblr all the time back in the day (laughs) and get creeped out by it. And I know that they had a reputation for being super hardcore. And I guess, like, they still do some pretty, like, hardcore stuff if the models are up for it. But, yeah. Yeah. 
that's a I'll, I'll send you the link to the documentary because it's really cool i think you'll i think you'll like it yeah please i love that um so are there any projects or fetishes or experiences that you have not yet tried that you'd like to explore yeah um in terms of projects i'd love to be in more horror films um if anybody wants to hire me <laughs> alicia fisher x at gmail.com um <laughs> Yeah, I would I would love to be in more more films, whether it's horror or just like independent movies. Um, I don't have any formal acting experience, but I would love to find someone who just believes in me, <laughs> who wants me on set. <laughs> Again, John Waters has been like a major influence of my life, and like I like I don't know, knowing that like back in the day it was just him and some friends like filming really fucked up movies, like. Doing that with Sam, it kind of felt like that sometimes, like that sort of vibe. And I would love to keep working on projects like that. Hire me. I'm <laughs> probably cheap if I like what you're doing. Um, <laughs> except for sex. Uh, that costs money. But in terms of fetishes, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I want to work with more fetish companies. I'm always open to trying new things. Um, medical fetish could be interesting. Oh, I'm not cool. sure. More anal clips could be cool. Um, yeah. In terms of experiences, uh, I would love to win an award in the porn industry. Um, I would like to see myself doing better in my career. I would love to get over my imposter syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, being a cult classic like would be cool too but we'll see that comes time that title's earned i know <laughs> uh you talked about john waters uh what are some films that you really like are you a horror fan or, or what kind of cinema are you really into oh wow um back in the day when i was like a teenager well to back it up when i was like a kid um like in middle school, there used to be this program that would come on public access TV called Image Union, which was all cool, independent short films and stuff from like all over the world. That really got me into independent movies. Like I'm not really like a movie freak or anything like that, but that like kind of planted the seeds for me um, in terms of like creation and stuff like that. And then kind of what I would gravitate towards as I got older. Um, I was really into horror films when I was younger. I went through a phase in high school where it was like, I'm going to find all the queer, cool directors I can find and really just like geeked out about like John Waters and Greg Araki and <laughs> a couple other directors. But nowadays, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I watch some horror films. I watch some independent movies, like dramas and stuff like that. That's been like a big COVID thing for me, like dramas, <laughs> just going on Tubi TV and finding a bunch of weird like B movies and stuff from like the last 10 years. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know that I, I'm not really a horror buff. I hope <laughs> it doesn't take away my street cred <laughs> in the industry. I don't think it will. I think I think, I think you've uh, proven yourself with with what you've done for sure. Yeah, I'm way more into true crime and podcasts and stuff like that. Honestly, that's my favorite form of media and music, for sure. But right on. Crime, yeah. Well, do you have any uh, final things that you'd like to say to your fans or anything you want to plug before we come to an end? Thank you. 
everybody for your support. I'm really bad at talking about my feelings, <laughs> but it feels it's just so surreal and crazy that there are people that consider themselves fans and I love it and it means so much to me. And I hope you love everything that me and Sam have come out with and I hope you enjoy what we possibly do in the future and whatever else I do in the future. I don't know. Thank you for being here. It means a lot to me. I really mean it. Um, uh, in terms of things, I want to plug um, FeliciaPlease.com. I have some links on there for like my phone sex and clip sites. Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at FeliciaFisherX. Um, many vids my many vids is feliciafisher.manyvids.com, which is where I put most of my clips. And yeah, aberocast.com for all your horror fetish needs. Um, <laughs> that, I guess. Yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you, Felicia. I really enjoyed our conversation and I hope you have a good rest of your day. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, no problem. All right. See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Uneasy Terrain Explorers Club. If you're interested in checking out my other work, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, Cinema's Underbelly, where I analyze and review obscure, obscene, and controversial cinema, as well as check out my label, Putrid Productions. Until next time, this is the Uneasy Terrain Explorers Club.